I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. The Flyers are good, fam. That's seven well, straight. That's seven straight with a point. They overcome their coach. They overcome their worst players. <laughs> and they, they overcome having no netminder whatsoever. And they just at least get a point. On Sunday, they got two against the Eastern Conference leading Boston Bruins. And that's good. It's not bad. We have a fun show for you tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Drew's heart candidacy and probably some other stuff, too. Let me introduce you to the panel for the evening. Let's start with my broadcast partner in crime, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. I regret to inform you, Jamie Ben's penalty box lost last week. No! Lost. Jamie Ben went down? For the first time ever, went down. (laughs) Did not defend your title. Does that mean you're done? (sighs) I can battle for third place now. Oh, I'm not fuck. in the championship round. Everything is bad because William Carlson had to go and have the fucking week of his career, and I was against him. Dude, Speaking shooting like 45%. I'll never year. sustain <laughs> it. Speaking of William Carlson, double fuck you because <laughs> Travis Konechny and Claude Giroux had, had highlight real goals. But nobody's paying attention to them because everyone's paying attention to the one William Carlson had earlier. I don't know, man. Everybody's talking about that Teeks goal. Yeah, On NHL tonight, they showed Carlson's and then showed Giroux's and Kevin Weeks gave the nod to Giroux. Yeah, well, it's, that's it's, nice. it's better to fake going through the yeah. legs and actually going through the legs. <laughs> well, when the puck rolls on you and you still do it. That's incredible. I'm just saying, SB Nation's goal of the week was not Travis Konechny, even oh. though I submitted it. What I mean, in the world, fingers. Travis? Carlson it was William Carlson. I'm just saying. I'm, it was. They were all great. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I was not watching the NBC uh, edition of Sunday's game, but... <laughs> On Twitter, I got the impression that they were talking a lot of saying a lot of very nice things about Andrew McDonald. And oh not boy. just not just that, though, from what I gathered, they were basically calling everyone that thinks Andrew McDonald isn't that good, stupid and uninformed and not actually knowing what's going on in hockey. And it's frankly mind blowing to me that hockey television analysts can say on national television with straight faces. They don't understand why Philadelphians <laughs> don't think Andrew McDonald is that good. And I'm going to set aside the analytics for a second because we all know what they say. We all know they say Andrew McDonald isn't a good defenseman not everyone believes in analytics that's totally fair but not every flyers fan believes in analytics yeah. and most flyers fans do not like andrew mcdonald now, the people who call you and now me by association nerds on yeah. twitter that don't believe in <laughs> analytics they still don't like him. still don't like andrew and, mcdonald and, 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 and you know why 
you know how Flyers fans got the idea that he's not that good? Because in the second year of a $30 million contract, his own organization decided he was so dispensable that they sent him to the minors for half a season. Like, that tends to convince fans that, hey, this guy probably isn't that good. And for some reason, like, the national media and the national hockey world has just kind of, like, erased that portion of his career. Like, oh, it never happened. It never happened that Andrew McDonald was sent down to the minors. Like, it's not inexplicable as to why fans don't think he's good because their his own organization didn't think he was that good for a full year. This is what happens. This is, this is the rational response to when a team does that to a player. And what I think we kind of learned um, with the now that Claude Giroux, when we were talking about this off the air, now that Claude Giroux had a great game on national TV, all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, he does belong in the heart, heart conversation. Mm-hmm. As if he hasn't been top five in scoring all, all year. season. <laughs> Weird. Uh, the national hockey media uh, doesn't watch a ton of hockey. Yeah, right. And so they're looking at Andrew McDonald. It's like, oh, he's plus and he plays top four minutes. He's good. <laughs> and that's it. That's all they look at. And it's, as, it's not even that I'm angry at, like, the idea of giving Andrew McDonald some credit once in a while. It's that I hate when national people call fans stupid mm-hmm. for believing something that has that basis in reality. It annoys the hell out of me. Same. Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. What I would like to point out this evening is that uh, Villanova is not a Philly school. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I love it. I love to troll the Nova. But I, I just don't like Nova. <laughs> All right, so I want to start. I really, you know me, guys. I've been staying positive, and, you know, like, Flyers are holding down that wild card spot. I've been trying to be all about it. I'm on the bandwagon. I want to talk about good stuff tonight. But however, <laughs> I do have to lead with this because it's I just fell down a rabbit hole of checking box scores today, looking at the actual time on ice at the end of that Boston game. Oh, God. And, are you going to give me heart palpitations? So that, it's already it's already happening. The, so <laughs> the game tying goal uh, that they gave up to Boston with three point what two seconds left or whatever. Uh, that's on the players on the ice. Yes, when yes. all you have to do is chip the puck out of the zone with 10 seconds left. Literally anybody should be able to do it. They were inches Wayne from Simmons the blue line. Wayne screwed up. Yeah. Laterra and McDonald each whiffed in support. Manning actually broke up the backdoor pass, uh, but put it right on Bergeron's stick. It was a full team effort. Laterra failed to clear, too, yeah, just yeah. before Simmons. Yeah. Laterra got hit. Yeah. With oh, McDonald's clear, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, it was a full team effort. Even like it was it a was, good. Bergeron team fuck up. Yeah, Bergeron shot was good, but God forbid we ask Morozik to ever make a clutch save. No, 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 no. Uh, he was no. facing the right direction. Yeah, that, that's true. Baby steps. Yeah. So this was a full team effort to blow it in regulation, and then surprise, surprise, you asked your best players to go win the game for you, and they made great plays to do it. It's crazy how good players make good plays and bad ones make bad ones. But mm. we'll we'll move on. That five-man group was going to fail. So as anyone should have been able to make a play, but it was predictable that they didn't. Talent versus talent, the Flyers did not stack up. It's Philpola, Laterra, Simmons, Manning, and McDonald versus Bergeron, Bacchus, Krejci, Krug, Marchand, and Pasternak. Why would that? Why would that? Why would they win the shift? Well... It's not just this last shift that ended up leading up to it. Uh, it doesn't come down to the last shift. If they kill off a penalty, 
But on the, look at who's out there when they give up the goal to make it 3-2 on the penalty kill, make it a one-goal game, allowing Boston to pull their uh, goalie and then eventually get it tied up. Oh, look, Philpola, Letera, McDonald, Manning on the ice to kill that penalty. When you don't use your best hockey players, you don't get your best hockey plays. It's just, I am so over this role thing. And I, so I, I, look at, I looked at, I told you, I, I fell down this rabbit hole. Ghost and Sandheim each didn't play the last three and a half to four minutes of the game. Uh, re- <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Gudis mm. replaces Ghost with Provorov. Manning replaces Sanheim with McDonald. So you're actually purposefully creating a Manning-McDonald pair for the last four minutes of a game against the best team in your conference. Like, I can understand. I can understand why you would not want Travis Sanheim out there in the last four minutes. Because he can win a race. Because he can win a race to a puck like, and then get his hands on well, it and listen, then do something with I'm it. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying I understand. I understand. Not having Shane Goss to spare out there is inexcusable. With around yeah. 40 seconds or so left, it was varied, but about 40 seconds left in the game. A line of Couturier, Reed, Giroux, Provorov, and Gudis. All right, you, you, you bench connect me for Reed, whatever. It's You didn't have Reed here all year, and now he's an integral part of winning games. It's, oh, okay. I'm That's okay an interesting decision, but okay. Uh, all of a sudden, you have those guys, they come off, and you replace them with that Philpola, Lotera, Simmons, Manning, McDonald. And I'm sorry, that's just not how you win. This was a purposeful tactic to get them out for the last shift of the game. You put that line together for this, and that's what you got. Well, this is, I mean, this has been happening all year. Yeah. And and the result has been the same all year. Yeah. Which is why the Flyers have, exactly, why the Flyers have gone to overtime more than any other team this year. I think, yeah, I think, I think this that's, season yeah. and in like the last three. I was going to say like it goes back a long way because for some reason and, and people all day have been just shitting and, and since yesterday shitting all over me just for saying the names of the dudes that were out there in the last few minutes. But this is this is the coach. The coach is doing this on purpose. And there are like I understand Couturier, Reed, Giroux, Provorov, Gudis were unavailable to play the last shift. I understand that. But at no point in time should you say, all right, well, we've got to go. We've got to go to the worst player since our best ones are not available. No, and that's the thing is Nolan Patrick didn't play the last three minutes. Mm. So he's your number two center for 57 minutes. And one second, he actually didn't play the last 259. And then he becomes unreliable. 57 minutes, he didn't play. And now, or he's your number two center. And then in the last three, no, he's not good enough. We need Val Philpola. That's it's nonsense to me. Your best players are your best players, regardless of situation. We have Scott Make Lawton, hockey, Scott Lawton, who was sent down to Lehigh Valley just to learn defense, yeah. like just to become a defense. And he player. did that. And he did. And is apparently getting scratched for it. But that's we'll get there later. Ghost didn't play the last 404. Sanheim didn't play the last 325. Konechny didn't play the last 334. Patrick didn't play the last 259. Lawton didn't play the last 429. Wheel didn't play the last 521. Limblom didn't play the last 259. Voracek didn't play the last 207. Some of them got out there for that last four-second shift after their 3.2-second shift after they gave up the game tire. But uh, basically, half your team didn't play in the last three minutes of the game, and then you lose and you wonder why. I've been saying this for a while, that he shortens his bench from the wrong end. (laughs) And I don't understand why he does this continually. And I don't really think it's confirmation bias that every time we have a game like this, you, you think to yourself, well, who's out there? 
and it's the same guys every no, the time. The guys I just named. definitely intentional. Those yeah. are them. No, this is And every time we have a game where they choke at the end of it, you look on the ice and it's those guys. So I don't understand why it keeps happening. And if it happens in the playoffs, we're going to have a short. Well, so, so I'll provide something of a defense for no. this. No. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to defend the benching everybody good for the last four minutes. Like, yeah, with, with three minutes, with two minutes to go, keep rolling your lines and keep rolling your best players. What I will say about the final minute of a game is this. I have no idea, and I don't think anybody in the analytics community has any idea how to quantify purely defensive zone coverage. Like, I, no one really knows how to quantify defense. The way we do it is we do it by proxy. We do it by how many shots do they allow when they're on the ice, how many chances do they allow when they're on the ice. But a lot of that is back and forth open play. Mm -hmm. like, they, like, for example, I'm not convinced Scott Lawton's good defensively, but he's a good forechecker, so the puck's usually in the offensive zone, so his defensive numbers look good. I don't know if he's good defensively. He gets good defensive results results during the normal part of games. Mike, Steph, you first. Micah says that Scott Lawton is good at defense, and Micah's <laughs> someone that I trust. Here's I my, also trust Charlie, but, but, but Micah says conclusively Scott Lawton is good at defense. So the, the point I'm making is this. I am willing to accept that it's possible that those guys in open play are bad defensively because they get buried in their own zone. But in the final minute of a game, when you know you're going to be buried in your own zone regardless because the other team has an extra guy on the ice, I'm willing to, to say that it's possible those guys are actually better at defensive zone coverage just strictly that zone than the guy, the young guys that we like because I know that the coaches watch a hell of a lot more tape than I do and I can't quantify it with the numbers solely defensive zone cover. And here's my thing about that is that um, playing defense now in the year 2018 is illegal. So if you're a guy who's always in the defensive zone, you're going to get scored on regardless of how good you are at it. There's no Darian Hatcher anymore because that's illegal. True. Being True. on being on offense, being good in the neutral zone, being a good four checker, that's the only way to play but defense. I, and I agree with that to a point, but... In a last-minute situation, you don't. It, there's no way to transition. Neutral zone play doesn't exist. The other team's in your zone. Transition play doesn't exist because you're under such a heavy forecheck because the other team's throwing literally everybody at you. You can't generate controlled zone exits. All it is is coverage. And, and I, I can't, I can't say for sure that these guys are actually worse than Patrick Lindblom, Lawton, Wheel in terms of strictly defensive zone coverage. All I, it I can't is, do it. All it is in cut is. All it is is coverage until there's a loose puck. True. And then who wins a race to a loose puck? A guy who can skate faster. True. Who it makes is a play? not Yuri Letera. Who makes a play when they get to that puck? A guy who can puck handle. And what I saw was a team that couldn't clear its own zone. They had shots. They had plenty of shots to just get the puck out. Just get, get it out. Just get it out. You can ice it again. Ice it again. There'll be three seconds left. They won't be able to tie it. So, so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a very quiet hockey watcher. And there are only a couple things that I, I will say out loud while watching, either whether it's at home or in the stadium. Get it out was something I was screaming <laughs> at my TV. I was yeah, screaming, I'm, fuck you at the television for oh, 10 consecutive seconds. It, it was, it was, and then they scored. Like at the top of my lungs, right. get it out. So, but, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, just to speak to what Charlie was saying. I, I mean, I'm willing to stipulate that, yeah, we don't know that that group of five guys is any worse at defensive coverage than another group of five guys. I know Manning's bad at it. However, like, I agree with that. Manning is okay, bad at it. Okay, but like, <laughs> even if we can't quantify it with numbers and percentages and stats, if the results that that group of players continually get in these kinds of late game situations are bad... Like, isn't that quantified enough? 
<laughs> like the other team scores in late game situations when those players are on the ice. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know what you yeah. call that stat, but it seems seems like a stat and, that and matters. I guess, and I guess the response this would honestly probably be the response of Haxel, and Haxel would probably say to that that look. Those other four guys look fine if Wayne Simmons can just push the puck out of the zone. I mean, yeah, and that's kind of the funny thing oh, about yeah. this particular situation is that the one good yeah. player on the ice at that moment is the one that really messed but it up. Wayne Simmons, at this point, I'm the biggest Wayne Simmons fan. At this point, Wayne Simmons, in situations other than special teams, is a third-line player. Yeah, I love him on the power play, and honestly, yeah. I want him killing penalties. But even this coach who loves, you know, the grind it out, he's got him playing on the third line, and... That's who he is. Yeah, right. And, At and least this fine. year. Yeah, and it's fine. But there's I only... love him on the third line. That's wonderful. Exactly. You've got a re... if Wayne Simmons is playing on your third line, you've got a really strong team. Yeah, if we yeah, had a third center, well, this I would mean... be a good team. <laughs> ahead, of him. ahead of him. My bad. My bad. Um, I mean, th- what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, they did win this game. At the end of the day, in the four games, three games that happened since our last show. Four, three, four, I don't know. Give me a number. Three, three, three I think. Three. They've gotten, they got five points. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so pretty good. They, they've done well. You know, I, I, what I said last week, I expected them to get six points out of the next six games. We're at a pretty good pace to get no, that done. That's with, with, and that's why I said, like, I want to, I have this thing that I'm going to start we just, with. We just need to get it out. I need it because I'm frustrated by it. And because I'm sitting there writing this outline right. and like, all right, I need to look some things up. I need some other topics like, hey, are you confident in their playoff chances? You, that's not 60 minutes worth of fucking talk. No. I need to talk about something. This is what well, I should talk about. <laughs> I've been screaming about this yeah, shit. Pretty, it's been like, oh, we've all been screaming about this all year because it's insane. Yes. It's insane. They have the personnel to do things differently and they just cannot. I, 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 I guess the good thing, though. In for the future, and I mean, this is assuming that Haxall stays the coach and whatnot, which is obviously questionable because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. There's a lot of guys, there's a lot of young guys on this team that you assume that as they get older and magically become sort of veterans, that they'll start getting trust. Like, I, it's hard for me to imagine that two years down the road, Nolan Patrick isn't out there in this situation, and Oscar Lindblom isn't out there in this situation. Like, the yeah. Travis Sanheim may never be put out there in this situation because he may always have the offensive defenseman tag. But, like, there is a lot of guys they have that will probably get trusted in these situations in the relatively near future. And that's a good sign for the future. I agree with you that, yeah, like, Oscar Lindblom is going to earn that trust next year, I bet. Yeah, I think so, too. But you know what? You want it now. (laughs) No, we had a good coach in this town at one point. His name was Peter Laviolette. And I have my issues with the way Peter Laviolette did things, the way he worked his defensemen after we ran out of defensemen, and the way he rotated his goalies. He was bad at it. But you know what he did? He put Sean Couturier out there against Malkin and Crosby in the last minute of the game one of the kid's career, and they won. And then he matched him up against Malkin in a playoff series, and guess what? They won. That was a rookie. He it's happened. Show faith, and faith will be given to you. <laughs> Put confidence in these players, and they will play confidently. I just, I, I, like, especially when the results are. They fuck up. The guys you put the faith in screw up. At least give them a game. Like, be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Philpel is screwed up last time. We have a defensive zone draw with under a minute left. We're going to go Nolan Patrick and see what happens. Yeah, the kid's 19. Fair. He's at 50% in the faceoff circle at 19 years old. He's going to be better than Giroux on faceoffs. Like, give the kid something. 
I love and Headless Baby like Boy. And he won like 30% in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. He's been really good lately. He but has. all of this said, and I just had to get it out because it really frustrated me when it happened. And then looking at the numbers, it frustrated me even more. With all of this said, the Flyers occupy the first wild card spot. They're matched up with Washington right now, which is what I wanted. They have 94 points in 79 games. They're basically in a virtual tie with Columbus for third in the Metro. They have the same number of regulation overtime wins. Uh, they're a point ahead of New Jersey, who have 93 points in that second wild card spot. They just beat the Eastern Conference leading Boston Bruins. They have a point in seven straight. They've won two in a row. Their last three games of the season, they have three regular season games left, all against bottom 11 teams by points percentage. Islanders are 23rd, Carolina's 21st, New York Rangers 22nd. This could very well be a 100-point team. Are we more confident in them than they were than we were last week? <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight face. I mean, if they win these next three games, which is possible, they have 100 points. Which is insane. I know. Um, After shitting on them all year, no, <laughs> this could be a 100-point playoff team. Watch them win. Granted, it's all loser I, points. but I, I don't know. I think they. I think that Carolina could beat them if Carolina's still trying to come out swinging. Carolina I, I plays think, them tough. I think they roll over the Islanders because the, the Islanders have given up. The Islanders gave up a month ago. Um... And I think I think that the Rangers will want to play spoiler for the Flyers. My thing is if, if they play the starters, which I don't know whether they will. The Flyers could very well clinch their playoff spot um, to tomorrow, they Tuesday, could, I believe. They could clinch tomorrow. So yeah. the Florida What is the, the actual the, the, the Panthers are playing now. Now during our recording. Yeah. If the Panthers lose a point, so even if they, if they lose in uh, in overtime, then the Flyers' magic number becomes two, and if they win, the Flyers win tomorrow, they're in. However, the Panthers also play tomorrow yeah. at the same time as the Flyers. So, really, the only way the Flyers won't have a chance to clinch is if Florida wins tonight and then wins tomorrow while the Flyers are also playing their game. Okay. Because then the Flyers, all they could do was cut their magic number to one, which then would allow them to clinch on Thursday. Okay. If so- they win. If they win. By the time you were listening to this, they could have already clinched. If you're one of the midweek listeners, uh, they could have already clinched their playoff spot. So, like the biggest Im- impediment to me in terms of getting to a hun- the hundred point mark, like we might be saying, God knows who in the lineup for the last two games. Yeah, of the season. I, I guess the thing is though they is that so many guys. Well, not even that. The you know the the position isn't going to be solidified. So there's a possibility they're going to want to keep playing everybody because they want to maximize where they're, you know, maybe they have a chance at home ice advantage. Maybe they could get second place in the Metro and they want to gun for that. You never really know how this is going to play out because... Uh, I don't pe- want the, that. The no, Penguins, I want them to stop getting cute here. The Penguins <laughs> yeah. and the Blue Jackets are right around where they are. I like, only want have... Washington. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> stop stop only, winning. We want Washington. A, Please stop winning. There's eight teams in the East that are going to make the playoffs. The Flyers are one. Six of them I don't want. Washington <laughs> is the only <laughs> like, all right. So, who else they could they could get if they if the if let's try this again. Uh, if the Devils jump them, they could play the Bruins. Yeah, the Bruins are yeah. now leading that division. The, They're the number. The one only seed two in the teams East. I don't think they can play. Like, there, I don't think there's any real way they can play are the Maple Leafs and the Devils. And I guess the Panthers, if the Panthers sneak in, because there's no way the Flyers would get high enough to face the Devils. And there's no way that if they go over to the other side of the bracket to the, to the Atlantic, there's no way they could possibly face the third seed in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they could theoretically face the Bruins or the Lightning if they end up falling into the wild card two slot and they jump over. They could face the Capitals if they stay where they are. They could face the Penguins or the Blue Jackets, depending on how that shakes out in the middle of the, of the bracket. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I think this is kind of, this, the I mean, old- it's kind of fun. 
fun. It's kind but, of fun. But like for my blood pressure, this so is many, a nightmare. The stupid ass format. There's so many variables. That it's God, kind of a Lightning Maple Leafs first round. Like that sucks. Those are good teams. Yeah, if you want to see that's, I, I really thought I liked this format the first time I saw it because the first round was so good. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. And then the wait, rest of the oh, round. The Eastern Conference good. final isn't that great. Oh, yeah. Penguins, Blue Jackets. Like that's cool. Oh, my God. They hate each other a lot. I kind of like the idea that we could fucking spoil the penguins fun i don't i mean there, I, I mean what, I, I i love the idea yeah. i just don't think yeah, it's feasible yeah. they anything have, can happen charles no no they have not beaten the penguins this season i know and they're not going to they're just not going to it's not they a couple have, loser points off could do it maybe it'd be cool Wait, hold on what do you mean by spoil it for them Knocked you mean them like, out of the playoffs for the first time in three seasons. Oh yeah, no, the Flyers are not going to do that. Or no, no, I, I'm, I'm like Elliot anything can happen hot. in a seven-game series. Yeah, Elliot gets hot, Malkin gets hurt, like and like literally anything could happen. All right, so that leads me a to a meteor could fall from the sky and hit Sidney Crosby in the head. We are yeah. not that lucky. Stuff we <laughs> stuff we heard about today. Uh, Steph alluded to it a little earlier. Lawton could potentially be coming out of the lineup because Raffle is healthy. That's that makes so sense. so fucking stupid. So stupid. That's so dumb. Like, I understand that Dave has this obsession with having beefy guys in the lineup. And as we know, and I've told you more than once, Raffle is a beefy dude. He's a big boy. And so is Yori Laterra. Scott Lawton, not so much. But stop doing this just stop yeah, stop it so what what was interesting about this was that um and this was one of those things that just kind of came out right before the game on sunday no one really cared that much about it so lawton maybe we should have seen this coming because lawton played wing on sunday like lawton's been the 4c for most of the year yeah latera took all Letera the face off the center and lawton moved to the wing because my thing was well they're not they're never going to take lawton out of the lineup for raffle raffle plays wing lawton plays center well they decide they're going to flip-flop the two so now latera is the 4c so so lawton comes out as the wing for raffle because How- that one game that one game that philpola was hurt Latera played center and they decided they loved it. Oh, uh, maybe. Oh my that god, did that did happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. the one, the one game. I'm sorry. Continue. I, I just like had a, a tiny <laughs> aneurysm. No, it's fine. Um, so we asked, uh, we asked Hack uh, at practice after practice about it, and his quote was, and this made me feel a little bit better because I agree that Lawton shouldn't be coming out. His quote was, "If Lots comes out, he'll maybe come out for a night. He's played really well." Rob- Stop. He's played really well. We're still going to take him out. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Well, it doesn't. So, Ravel's getting close, so we'll see what we do tomorrow. We wanted to get a, a look at a couple different things today in practice. But I agree he shouldn't come out, but that doesn't – you never know with a coach. Like a coach yeah, could I see know. something in the game and be like, sorry, Scott, you're you're sitting on the bench for the next month because of reasons. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't lead me to believe that this is a permanent thing. That meanwhile, I don't know. Meanwhile, both Laterra and Simmons basically should have been credited for assists on Bruins' goals. Their spots are more solid than ever. I just don't, and I'm not saying they should bench Wayne Simmons or whatever. That's silly. He's one of the leaders on this team. I love him. But come on, like, how is this the double standard so- that Yuri Laterra can just clear it? basically just fall down, clear it right to the point, man, and that guy scores, and it's cool because he's Yori Letera, he's a veteran, he's going to stay in the lineup. Scott Lawton, who did not make this mistake, who was not on the ice for the two goals that allowed Boston to take you to overtime, he's going to stay. I just don't get the thought process. And again, I'm trying to be positive, but when this stuff happens, (laughs) I'm like, how do they win ever with this coach? So here's what I don't understand, and Charlie, maybe you can provide some insight here. I think it was Isaac today who printed some 
quotes on Twitter from Hextall, who said something about how it's not just rookies making mistakes. <laughs> and the other guys that make the mistakes, they have consequences, too. Like, what actually what are, are they? What are the consequences? Simmons I think you made play. a joke about, like, they don't get dessert or something. Yeah. yeah. Simmons, they have to go to bed without right. dessert. <laughs> no Simmons, cookies. No Simmons cookies did not tonight. play in the overtime, and he often gets a shift, as, oh, like, on that third. Uh, on that third yeah, uh, what's he usually like? Philpola? Him and Philpola yeah. with McDonald, which is... Come on. Well, they're really like, good. <laughs> yeah. like, that's what you go. But yeah, he didn't get a shift in the overtime. So maybe that's uh, and that's fine. Like if that's all the but the uh, Gior Laterra should have been credited with an assist. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think the thing that that confuses me about like, like in my mind, Laterra should be the guy coming out. And I understand the idea of roles. But the thing with Laterra for Raffle is that Raffle plays the same role. Yeah, and he's like, better. Like Raffle was killing penalties with Couturier before he got hurt. Raffle is the guy you send out for that last minute of the game in place of Laterra. Like this yeah. isn't even a case of well, Raffle can't replicate what Laterra does. Like yes, he can. He's basically Laterra except he, he can, can skate. skate. Where? <laughs> <laughs> another another big question mark for me right now. Um, and it seems to have just kind of been brushed under the rug because no one is very angry about it. The other beefy boy that we're missing is Robert Haig. Oh, yeah, he's still out. Who mm-hmm. is yeah. just, you, you know, at this point, if at the beginning you were like, oh, well, he's still banged up and, and just needs nope. some extra time. Like at this point, that narrative is and out it, the window. And it's come he's up, healthy. It's... He's fine. He just is. He did something to get into Hackstall's doghouse, and it's come up a couple times in post game where I'm like, "Haig was a healthy scratch," and people are like, "No, he's still hurt." No, I'm he's like, no, not. He's being yeah, he's listed as a healthy now. scratch. He's fine. And now. Ron Hextall today confirmed yeah. that yeah. no, he's healthy. He's just out. Like, it's a problem. I I don't have the biggest problem with it. I've got a problem because you're still putting Brandon Manning on I the ice. Don't, I, how much better is one than the other? I just don't know. Why, I just don't know why you don't try some new things because yeah. the third pairing is not working. Like, if you're if you're dead set on if you're dead set on Manning being in the lineup, and I don't think you should be, but if you are, I don't know. Just try Manning uh, Manning Hake. You know, give Gouda yeah. the night off. Like, like try some new things because it's not like this third pair is working. And I, like, I do believe the reason why Haig is sitting is not because they are they are frustrated with Haig. I think it's just that they didn't like the Hague Gudis pairing. And they don't Goodis want to, and they don't want to take Gudis out. But like, why not? Why not take him out for a game? See, see if these guys, and if they can't, like, if, if Manning Hague sucks, then you just switch That's him out the, the next game. Hague, the one thing about it is Hague has proved. Ever, they, the coach loved him and Ghost together. Hague has proved he can play the right side. Yeah, Sanheim also played a ton of the right side in the AHL last year. So you have guys. While I get okay, you have one right-handed defenseman, and it's Gudis again, veteran. You're not going to take him out. For a game, if we're gonna, if we're going to say no, Scott Lawton's playing well. Scott Lawton's not playing. How do we not just go? Uh, you know, Radko hasn't exactly been great. Mm. Uh, let's see if this thing works. Yeah. Like, I am fully on board, especially with these last three games against teams who aren't that great. Let's see if Haig Manning works, and maybe it won't. Maybe it's just as bad. And dude can skate. Yeah, that's like I just want guys who can skate. <laughs> like, like he moves his feet. Can we just like, have I, a like, team full you, of skaters? That's, that's all guys, I want. That's crazy, you guys Stephanie. Know I like Gudis, but like. I can't say he's been good this year. No, nope. and he, I can't. Uh, you're being a lot nicer than I have been or yeah. would be. So, but I just like for like let's figure that out. All right, yes, Gudis Hague didn't work. We all saw it was bad. 
Let's is, try and is find Gudis something Manning that working? Are you telling me that this thing is working? Because it's not. <laughs> it's, it, it is isn't. not. <laughs> All right. Now let's get, uh, what else did we find out today from Hextall? Was there any, I heard, I, I saw a bunch uh, of stuff. Just, I a, bu- just a bunch of injury updates. You. Uh, Myers is out for three weeks, which sucks. Oh, sucks Mar- so bad. is out for another one to two. Jesus, the two of them with their injuries um, this year. We might have four sucks. goalies available this weekend, right? Uh, yeah. Well, Elliot. Can so two play at he once? Was very, <laughs> he was very Maybe. vague on Elliot. It was okay. basically that I think what it what it comes down to is that he's healthy, but he's not conditioned enough yeah. for them to feel comfortable to put him into a game. I would rather they not. Now, when that happens, him. I don't know. Like that could happen Thursday. That That's... could happen Saturday because I don't like I really want them to give Elliot a shot because he's the only goaltender on this roster who's who, good if he's healthy i actually trust yeah that's yeah. okay so i saw his uh hoping he's i think elliot said he's hoping to return thursday he's, uh, yeah he's, oh he's i see you have a whole section on yeah that. Well, he's, he's done practicing like he yeah. practiced yeah. in full today that gives him the hurricanes game thursday and then potentially the rangers game saturday i don't know if you want to throw him in two in a row maybe you just like, maybe see how split, he does maybe you split the games or do something just to see if his conditioning's right i don't know but say he shows you uh he's healthy in the last two games of the season. He's your game one starter, right? He Gotta be. to be. For me, yeah. Gotta be. Yeah. Okay. And, and the thing is, though, there's, Who's your backup? there's a difference between health. Like, he could be healthy, but if he's not quick, then that's yeah. another thing. Because he is coming off a of core muscle surgery. Yeah. He could be like he could be slower because he's healthy yeah. enough to play, yeah, no, but not like, at 100%. I'm, I'm 100% healthy. I can't play net in the inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my backup. Not with that attitude, William. My backup would be Alex Lyon. He's still here. He got He's that emergency here. recall when Neuvert got his I would not, injury. I would not put Mrazek in the playoffs. No. Like, I would not even take him on the road with me. Hextall said today that Neuvert is getting better from his latest injury, which occurred 23 minutes, 28 minutes, whatever the hell it was. After his, his last return. injury, yeah. Um, do you, can you possibly, if you're only allowed to dress two goalies, can you possibly put faith in him? I no. Can. I can't. Right? No. I, I, I can't. He's not healthy. No, no he's I, never going to be healthy. I can't because if he's the backup, that means that he's coming in after the starter, Cec- Cecily, either yeah. is hurt or plays bad, and I can't trust that he will then stay healthy for even the rest of the game. Yeah. No, we're like, going to have can't. a Chicago situation where we get like the janitor and pads in the net making stops in the playoffs. And that's like, that's I what it would be because yeah. even if you have Alex Lyon not and dressed. Peter Mrazek in the press box, they can't come in as the emergency goalies. No. Which That'd is, be really fun. I mean, it's asinine, but it makes sense. And just like as as a little aside uh, on goalies and injuries, Anthony Stolarz is injured again. Yeah, yeah, he did mention that. He said though, it's not a re, it's not a reaggravation of the other thing. It's a new one, and he could be back. Like he could be healthy-ish as soon as like mid this week. Yeah. Didn't I see that they pulled him as like a precaution, more of a precautionary thing? Yeah, but he's also not traveling with the team. Yeah. He said he's going to rehab this week in Lehigh Valley. Does would anyone here? Want to see Morozik as the playoff backup? I I would be. Okay I wouldn't. With ha- I would prefer that over Neuvert. I would okay. light myself on fire. Fair, fair. <laughs> but that seems all- dramatic. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Jamie Ben's penalty box lost last night. I said I was going to light something on fire. It may as well be myself. <laughs> I, I mean, truthfully, I think the I think the most likely scenario at this point is that Morozik starts game one. So you're really going to pull yourself over now. Well, no one. Well, well, just because, just because <laughs> I, I want to die. I don't think it's likely that Elliot is ready. Okay. I would love it. Like that's the ideal. The ideal is that you start Elliot on Saturday. He 
gives up one goal on 30 shots and you're like, yes, he's ready. He's our guy. But I just don't know how realistic that is. And if he's not ready, I think they keep Mirazik role. See, that this? worries me because I don't I don't know if I like the idea of a guy getting back into game shape in the playoffs. Like that makes me super nervous. Well, sure. I mean, it's, but is there a good is there really a good scenario in this? If yeah, your Elliot plays Thursday looks good. Play Saturday. You know, I I would I don't know. in in the instance where Elliot isn't healthy enough to start Game One, I, I and Neuvert is, I'd do that and have Mrazek be the backup. Then I wouldn't be as upset there because at least at least it's a healthy body. Like I I'm I'm being mostly hyperbolic when I say I want Alex Lyon to be. <laughs> but, not, but not hyperbolic when you say you want to let yourself on fire. No, 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 no. I will absolutely let myself on fire. <laughs> None of the options are good. Uh, at this point right now, it's Brian Elliott with, if everything goes according to plan, maybe 120 minutes under his belt. Oh, boy. Um, you're looking at Peter Morozik, who is no good. You have you're, no you have no idea which Morozik is going to show yeah, up on a game looking game at, basis. Yeah, you're looking at Alex Lyon, who is replacement level at best. And you're looking at Michael Neuvert, who hasn't been able to get through a full game in two, three months. He's made so, of a literal glass. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah it's, it's, it's not metaphorical glass. No, it's it's we're actually figuring out he's made of glass, glass. bird bones. <laughs> oh, poor boy. All right, so now to the good stuff, guys. Yay! Now to the good stuff. Claude Giroux. He is good at hockey. <laughs> He's not bad. My God. Florida won just now, by the way. Oh, oh they did. Boo, yeah. you so Hopefully whores. they lose tomorrow. The Flyers win, clinch the playoffs. All right. Uh, Claude Giroux hit the 93-point mark in 78 games. His uh, career high was 93-77 and 77 in 2011-12. He's got 66 assists, second in the league to Blake Wheeler with 67. Uh, career high, also the ninth highest total in franchise history. Uh, Insane. I think he's down to like fifth in the league in scoring but everyone's like within a point except for mcdavid who's ridiculous still uh yeah i, w I looked up this number for franchise a uh, couple of times in franchise history if someone had more than 66 assists uh recce two times he had 66 and he also had 70 clark four times uh hit 89 twice and lindros only did it once and ken ken lindsman did it once uh so you have three hall of famers and the best season of ken ken lindsman's career and then you have claude Giroux uh at age 30 setting career highs in everything he's at 29 goals with three games left his career high was 28 he's done it twice what's he at 95 points now yeah, um, what if he gets to 100, fam? He's got three games. I would, it's possible. I, my, it could happen. My number one goal is I need to see him get three assists in the last three games to get to 69. Yes. Uh, that, would, that would be ideal. I really want to see him get to 30 that goals. That should be doable. Because if he hits yeah. 30 goals at age 30 for the first time, that's awesome. But 100 points. like so. Very few guys have done 100 points for the Flyers lately. I haven't mm -hmm. found the exact episode where I made... The the like it was an outrageously optimistic prediction for Claude Giroux this season, and I still underestimated like how good it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, I think it was something in like the eighties. I think it was. Yeah. I know that I there was one episode where I said he gets minimum sixty five points this season. Yeah, that I think you and I were both on that train. Yeah, but there was one, and I can't find it. That I just like it was an outrageous, and I know that we were at WIP, and I was yelling directly at Bill. Like I, I am, I can see the scenario. I just don't remember what episode it was, but it was outrageous. Like it was absolutely an outrageous prediction, 
and it's still low but for he's what having, he's doing. He's, like, this is insane. He's having an outrageous – I mean, the two goals, and we were talking about it, I think, before we got on the air, that he did this now on national TV on Sunday, right. had a ridiculous game. And so all of a sudden – after two months of everyone saying, hey, you know how this like heart discussion is uh, excluding a guy who's been top five and scoring all year? Now all of a sudden he's in it because he had a highlight real goal on national TV um, and two goals in the game on against Boston to, you know, captain the team to beat the number one team in the mm, East. Weird. Pretty big. Uh, pretty big deal. But he is just... I was very, very skeptical that Claude Giroux would be able to recover to uh, the form he previously showed after basically three full seasons of yeah. declining numbers. Um, he is surpassing every expectation I've had of him. He is an elite player in this game right now. He's one of the best players in hockey right now. I 100%. can't. Yeah. Who was it that said today, or maybe it wasn't today, maybe it was just recently that they can't can't give Claude Giroux a lot of credit because everybody is up on points this season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Toronto guy. But uh, uh, that's fair, but still. Like, like, like come, it, it, come on. Okay, that maybe gives him like an extra five or six points, yeah. but still. Or even if we want to be generous and say ten. Like, but you, still. Like, but still, this and is an amazing the idea, bounce back. The, the idea in an expansion year especially is that all of a sudden, you know, there's Every team's fourth line now has a guy who wouldn't be in the league. Yeah, which basically. is which is fair. One one thing I want to I want to say, and it, it seems like it's kind of become a little bit popular, particularly on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, for to, for people to basically be like, "Ha! Look at all these idiots that thought Claude Giroux was done. How could you possibly be that stupid to think, to think that he was finished?" And you know what? To me. If you don't acknowledge that he was bad the last two years, it almost sells this season short. For yeah, you. like like if if you mm -hmm. if you're really living in this delusion where like no Claude Drew was actually great the last two years, and you know you're a moron if you thought he could ever be. If if you didn't think he was going to get back to this point, like that that totally passes aside the fact that like this is extremely unlikely and. Claude Drew should be credited so much for apparently pushing the hell out of himself to get back to this point. Not only that, but also shows me he's an even tougher son of a bitch than I thought. Yeah. Because he played the last two seasons hurt. Yeah. And how hurt? <laughs> this is how good he still <laughs> this is. how hurt he was. Yeah. This is how yeah. that I thought he was like, oh man, all of a sudden we, he might be like, before this contract expires in the, oh shit, he's putting up like 50 points tops a year. Um, we're paying him eight and a half mil. This is not good. I would and like the gonna... record to show that I was never out on Claude Giroux. I was never. I always loved Claude Giroux. I just thought he was done. No, I, he was I, so hurt. The apparently, on, the only person I ever called an idiot for thinking that Giroux was on his uh, the the major decline was Bill. Yeah, but that's because Bill was playing the role of idiot. <laughs> Listen, I mean, yeah. Claude Giroux was a guy to me that I always marveled. Listen, he's got the best, some of the best vision. He's got Joe Thornton level vision. He's got Datsuk level hands. But it was always little things to me that I was in awe of. His ability to go into a corner and not just win 50-50 battles, but two-on-one, 60-40 battles. If the puck was, it wasn't quite Crosby, because I've always said the thing about Crosby is, the puck's within the stick length. It's his. Yeah. But he just always came away from corners with the puck. And he's not a big guy. And he's not even the fastest skater. It's not like he's winning races to these pucks always. He was just so skilled at puck handling that he would figure out a way to come away with the puck. And all of a sudden, he wasn't winning those battles. And I went, 
oh shit that even the and the production the the points drop like mirrored that like okay he doesn't have the puck as much so he's not able to you know distribute to put up points anymore I said oh shit that's what looks worse is that he doesn't look nearly as fast he doesn't look like he can win these battles anymore and it turns out that's all because he had a core muscle injury for two years basically he had it for a year and then recovered from the surgery for a year and as we saw with Nolan Patrick who didn't have nearly as bad of an injury when we were talking about these core muscle injuries. Yep. Turns out Giroux's got down into his hips, and that's when it's very serious. Nolan Patrick's didn't, and that's why he recovered in a year rather than two, basically. Yeah. Uh, and he's younger. Yeah, and he's also 10 years younger. Um, 11 years younger. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hockey's the craziest sport. Like, imagine like going into a locker room at 18 and there's like 33-year-old Brian Elliott over there like he's cl- you're closer to your teammates kids age than you are your teammates <laughs> like when Couturier moved in with Briere he was like playing video games with Briere's kids and he's like I don't know old man Mr. Briere like, <laughs> Well, in fairness, and they were just like we would Danny. also be playing video games. Exactly, with no, exactly. Hockey's the craziest yeah. sport. Like it, that should happen. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. But it's just so awesome to see this happen, and it's so awesome now that, like Charlie said, that he did it on national TV. Yeah. So it's actually real. Yeah. Now we can believe it because yeah. we've seen it. And like I've seen uh, that was an argument today. I saw it was like, well, like look at Couturier and uh, look at Couturier and Konechny's numbers, and I'm like. Yeah, look at their numbers. <laughs> exactly. And look what they did without him. Yeah. yeah. Like, as much Konechny is, to me, he's going to be the best player on this team by, like, as soon as next year. Well, um, I'm point. just, like... It'd be cool. Yeah, I'm just, he's incredible. <laughs> In the 35 games before they put him with Giroux, he had 10 points. <laughs> so, apparently, and this is something that Travis Yost tweeted out today, um, the Flyers have been outscored on the power play when Giroux is not on the ice yeah, yeah that was part of his big right. big drew article oh that's that he a, wrote today i don't know if we're gonna get to it but i have these power play numbers i looked through a bunch of stuff to figure out w- w- their power play thing this year uh they had the very first game of the year jordan wheel scored a power play goal with the entire second unit on the ice however shane gossis bear got an assist on the goal he had manned the puck breaking out of the zone immediately left the ice Provorov came on wheel scored on the rush that was game one I got to January 4th that I found it. The entire second unit scored a goal. They were set up in the zone and everything. It was the five-man unit of Provorov, Patrick, Weiss, Manning, and Wheel. They were on the goal with no they were on the ice with nobody for power play one, and nobody for power play one got a point. That is the only one. Hmm. We are at game 79. It's happened twice, and one of them, someone from Power Play 1 got a point. I'm just, like, picturing you, like, sweaty with, like, empty cups of coffee around you just watching game tape being like, I found it! This is exactly what happened. It was, like, Thursday, I think. Our special teams are a fucking disaster! They really, really are. But But they have Claude Giroux, and Claude Giroux makes that Power Play 1 go. And that's not to say the other guys on the Power Play aren't good, but you you watch them set up and you watch their structure and you know that Giroux is the engine that makes yeah. the whole thing go. Yeah. You know it. He's the one that distributes everything and even like even when the puck goes over to Voracek, what's Voracek looking for? He's looking for that cross ice pass back to Giroux. Yeah, that's and that's just 
that's a thing to get Giroux, yeah. the puck away from Giroux, just make the defense look over there. Maybe they can do that switch with Gossespierre. They can, Giroux can just communicate without having to puck handle and communicate. Like, it's just a, a way to kill some time before you get the puck back to Giroux before he sets up the next play. And that's basically what they're doing. And so I'm looking at this. I'm watching all this. I'm watching the power play. And I'm thinking, if you have Giroux and Gossespierre on power play one, it's going to operate at, 20, at around 20%. Right now, the Flyers' power play is at 19.8%. And like I just said, the second unit never, ever scores. Hmm. So in about 35 to 75 second shifts, you have the first unit operating at a one-for-five clip. What if you made some changes? Well, what if you let's put not Kin- get crazy What here. if you put Konechny? I, like, I want to do, I kind of want to move Patrick into Simmons' spot. I respect that. I kind of want to move Konechny in the Voracek spot because that would make power play two better. Um, uh, and I honestly, yeah, let's fucking do it. If I mean, it could, it. yeah, it couldn't hurt to try. If let's you make it. these changes, I'm also kind of thinking you got to put Limblom in Couturier's spot because power play two needs a center. They yeah. wouldn't have one. So, like, I just think if you you can't tell me that five man units of uh, where the hell did it go now? Here we are. If you had Drew Patrick Limblom. Drew Patrick Lindblom, Ghost Connecty, Power Play 1, Wheel Couturier Simmons, Proverall Voracek, Power Play 2. You can't tell me they wouldn't score more goals. And I know, Charlie, you want to tell me we reward guys <laughs> with Power Play time, Voracek's again. That, that was, yeah. one, of the, that yeah, was well, one of the arguments I was going to make ha- against it, yes. And when you have Voracek and Simmons, who've been key cogs in this first Power Play for so long, how do you demote them? But it's not about it. It's like saying you, you didn't demote Voracek when you put him on the second line yeah. and move Voracek and move Konechny up. You said, Voracek, we need you to run your own line because we need to make this better. The Flyers' power play is their weapon. Why can't we do this? All right, so I got three reasons why okay. Why you don't. First reason is what you said, which is it's it's an ego thing with the players. I you know. reward guys who are your leaders or your highest-paid guys. You reward them with power play one time. It's how they get their points. That's how they get happy. So that's number one. It, it could possibly just screw up. Players get pissed. Coach doesn't want to take the chance. Understand. Number two is... Power play one just plays more. Like, it, I I want power play two to be better, but I don't want to cut. I don't want to you know just hatchet power play one at, at the knees. I mean, I guess maybe we're just hoping that Giroux is just that good. Drew and Gossespair. But, but but here's my other thing. Like chemistry does matter, and these guys ha- knowing where everyone is. Like this is not a move. If I'm going to do this, I'm not doing this in game eighty one. I'm doing this in training camp of yeah. next yes, year. I know. I'm just looking at it like. This team and f- this team is actually kind of good at five on five right now. At five on five, yeah, they're, they're like, fine. They're like plus twenty two or something. I had it written down and I lost it. This team is actually good at five on five this year. It's just they are like minus fifty on the penalty kill. They are so bad, and their power play hasn't been as effective, partially because power play too is so fucking bad. It was the same problem last year. Yeah, that like it it outweighs it. Like overall, the team's only like plus three, and it's how they fixed their five on five problem. Oh well, yeah, because your penalty kills operate at like under seventy five percent. Weird. But uh, this is just something I just think you would score more goals, and I recognize all of your arguments against it, Charlie. I just know that they would score more goals. I, the I first guess, unit yeah. would score the same number, and the second unit, if they scored once a month, it would. <laughs> <laughs> like quadruple their season production. I just, I the thing is, is like last year the problem with power play two was that they just didn't have the talent. It just the talent just was not there. This year, 
it, it should be better, and I would hope that next year it will be better because you've got, like, Patrick and Konechny, really, that should be enough. That should be, you should have enough playmaking skill just with those two guys where the other three can just kind of be passengers. They haven't gotten it done this year. Why? I don't know. Maybe they're just not clicking. Maybe there's something wrong with the formation. But, like, that should really work. While we're talking about uh, great duos and those highlight real goals from the Bruins game, the Konechny goal, amazing. The Giroux uh, overtime winner, beautiful. Um... Limblom and Patrick freaking incredible are my like you know how we talk about we do our lines in terms of pairings yes that's a pairing I don't want to see go away ever their give and go game is so tight <laughs> that goal was so pretty it gets overshadowed because two of the nicest goals yeah. all season were scored like bookending it but that goal was so goddamn was that the third goal of the game I think yeah. to give them the 3-1 lead yeah it was the, that the two, goal was so goddamn pretty the two boys that are just made of rosy cheeks and sunshine I, 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 <laughs> I never want to see those two apart ever ever again ever no I they're I, they're they're a dynamic duo. The way that they have found chemistry. Like I, I was talking about They're so how similar. Ear- earlier in the season, Voracek and Patrick had a lot of chemistry. I think they still do, but that's just been overtaken by the chemistry that they that Patrick has found with Lynn Lin Bloom. Oh no, that's yeah. just your top two lines I just don't want to see go anywhere. No. And that's why I'm looking to experiment elsewhere. Power plays. So you mentioned penalty kill. I'm two still people saying on power play one that yeah. you wanted to keep forever. Let's talk about that second one, Shane Goss's pair. Okay. You have him here as a, a Norris candidate. Oh well, last week I talked yeah. about his Norris candidacy, and I recognize that. To me, one thing I will say is I don't think uh, he should be in the conversation. He's having a great year. Uh, one thing I'll say is I don't know if a guy who's getting benched in the last four minutes of a game, if a guy who doesn't and warranted or not, it's happening. Um, and a guy who doesn't play on the penalty kill can win best D man. And that led me to look into Ivan Provorov. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Provorov's averaging 24, 11 average time on ice, uh, which is like 20th, uh, still top pair D-man. Like, Dowdy's 26-47 leads the league, and then you look at it. Uh, Dowdy plays 3.06 a night on the uh, on the power play. Provorov plays a minute 49, so it's just like the difference is power play time, and we have Gostas Bear, so Provorov's never going to get that power play time. Uh, 2.37 power play uh, penalty kill time on ice. 41st leads the team by a really wide margin, and... The Flyers spend the third least amount of time on the penalty kill uh, in the whole league, so he's just not going to get that kind of PK time. Everything else, he's top of the league. 15 goals, third most. Only Subban, Jones, Ekblad, and Hamilton have more. 10 goals at 5-on-5. Only Victor Hedman has more. 163 blocked shots, because we know how those are fetishized in the Norris voting community. (laughs) Tenth most in the league. Uh the play that I was like, he should, like, we always say he's going to win in Norris one day. He has that potential. It could very well be this year. The play he made against McKinnon uh, in the Colorado game in the third period, just to stay stride for stride with him, is moving backwards. The stride he made to cut the angle, force him to the boards, boom, pin him up against the boards, poke the puck loose. It's as good of a, as a, of a defensive play as you're going to see by anyone ever. It was, I was, I was erect when he made that play. It wasn't a chub. It was a full. <laughs> oh, boy. 
And he played. Oh, and in that game against Colorado, this is a game in which this is in the third period against you know MVP candidate Nathan McKinnon. He played twenty seven forty two in that game, and it was the tail end of a back to back. He played twenty two fifty four the night before. This is a number one defenseman, and then you look at their. Uh, I looked at he and Gossis Bear as a pairing. Their Corsi four numbers, Charlie. I mean, they're quite good. Quite good as a pair. Fifty three point sixty nine Corsi nice. four percentage at five on five, eleventh among pairs with at least five hundred minutes together. Four point seven seven Corsi relative, sixth expected goals for fifty four point eight five, eleventh, and they are plus seventeen and penalties drawn versus taken, and that's something I look a lot in because when you are your number one team, you are up against when you're the number one pair, you're up against number one lines. And if you're taking penalties, you are hurting the team. They are drawing penalties plus seventeen, fifth best. This is an elite pairing. Sure is. We have an amazing elite pairing as our first pair. And that's why when I'm like down on McDonald and down on Gudis, I can only be so upset. Because for a third of the game, we have one of the best defensive pairs, and they're only going to get better. Because they're, you know, both still young. Provorov yeah. just turned the 21. The old one is 25. Yeah. Or he's not 20, yet. Not yet. Not 25 I mean, on two weeks. Yeah, three yeah. weeks. Yeah, somebody, somebody asked me a question for my mailbag last week, basically saying, do you think we could we could make a, a better pairing than than Perov Gosses bear? No. Like I serious I, I answered the question seriously, but as I was writing it, I, yeah, like, I was I was basically just like, why? Like <laughs> why? Like, yeah. yeah, maybe, you know, maybe when Sandheim and Sandheim is a locked in top four guy and Myers, if he becomes what we're hoping he becomes, like, yeah, maybe you can mix and match those guys to have a better set of four. When they go and get Drew Dowdy next summer. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But like no, this pairing is <laughs> awesome. It doesn't need to be better. If you're looking for a better pairing than this, there's maybe four or five of them in the entire league. Oh, no, like every, I, I think that that's a lot. It's it's literally their top ten and everything. It's all like a lot of things. Their top five, six. They are one of the best pairs in hockey, and it's when you're in that category, it's percentage points. Like when I first did this list, they were ninth, and then they fell to eleventh and something a game later. Like it's a couple of percentage points. They're in elite territory. Yeah, and, and they're both and they're both young. Yeah. Like Ghost isn't as maybe as young as we think he is because he got a late latish start he's to his career. He's a college player. He's yeah. been a year hurt. But Proveroff is twenty one. Yeah. Like he's only gonna get better. He's not he's not at his at his peak yet. You know, that'll probably be twenty three, twenty four is when he gets there. So he's still a couple years away from that. Ghost is at his peak, but you expect his peak to hold for another three to four years. This, this pairing, you know, yeah, coaches mix and match pairings. Like this isn't necessarily going to stay together forever, but he, you always know you can go back to it. Like they're not going to stop being able to work well together. No, it just they're like I said, give me the best hockey players. They're the best hockey players. <laughs> Weird. Uh, when we were doing our our uh, Flyers awards voting for Broad Street Hockey, um, I have. I'm going to spoiler here. So I have Shane Gossespierre as the Barry Ashby winner for best defenseman. But there's a valid argument for it to be Ivan Provorov. Yep. However, Ghost, in his third year in the league, has just found a new level that we didn't know existed. No, that's... I always believed in Goss Despair. Um It's like a three. I didn't think he was this good. Yeah. Yeah. I but, thought he'd be an awesome scoring defenseman. Hopefully you have, you know, Provorov and then a yeah, Sandheim type, something like a Myers type who can be that other. And then second pairing, oh, Ghost Bear is just going to run wild. Yes. He is well, right got, now. We've got two yeah. number one defensemen. He is right now first a first pairing defenseman and a damn good one. I think they're both. Mm-hmm. They're both. They on any other team, not any other team, but most other teams, they could both be the number one defenseman. On that team, and, they're both, and we have them 
forever. And they're both scoring like them. Like, that was one thing watching Provorov. And juniors, he was just the best player, so he's going to put up some points. Last year, I was like, I don't know. And he's a rookie, so I just, I don't Playing know. Playing with I, Andrew McDonald. Yeah, I don't know if I fully <laughs> see it with Provorov. And this year, uh, that compact slap shot he has is just so tight. Like, he just gets it off, and it just gets to the net. And it's, he, he doesn't shoot a ton, but it always gets through, and I love it. I really am enjoying watching his offensive game develop. And for someone who's, like I said, never going to get first power play time, he is putting up great offensive numbers. Yeah, and the one thing I would like to see him eventually get better at is the power play because yeah. like he's a big part of that second unit, and it's not very good. But setting that aside, like at 5-on-5, five five, he's a weapon. I, I, I broke down in my article uh, after the, the Sunday game, like, both of those goals, the first two goals of the game, like yes, the Drew goal, the the one timer on the three on two, great great shot by him. He gets it off quick. The Konechny goal, amazing play by Konechny. Both those plays start because Ivan Provorov gains the offensive yes. zone and just just dishes off a slick pass to a teammate, lets him have the glory. They don't get into the zone without Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov is making the plays that allow for the skill guys to show off their skills. And that's so, that's what makes him so so valuable. Oh, yeah, this team. it's it's crazy. It's amazing to think if Sanheim reaches his potential, uh, Provorov might not be on the power play. At all. <laughs> like, it's just like and <laughs> you're not looking wrong. at his five on five number. Like only Victor Hedman has more goals than him at five on five. Victor Hedman, top three defenseman, top five defenseman in the league. Uh, like that's top easy. two. Yeah, yeah, top two. Like yeah. that's what I'm like. That I'm I'm, I'm thinking Carlson, Dowdy, Hedman. Yeah, I take Hedman over Dowdy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Same. Yeah. There you go. I'm just, you know. This is elite territory yeah. for this guy, yeah. and he's, again, 21. Yeah, he's going to get better. Just turned 21. Uh, we're, like, out of time, but should they buy out Michael Neuvert? Kelly put this in the outline, and it interested uh, me. Yes. I mean, maybe. I don't, get him I, away from me. I, I don't. <laughs> it's either wave him or buy him out, and I think that they could wave him, and it would be fine i don't know because we have room for him and i couldn't Allender? i could not give any i mean i guess any fewer fucks about yeah. if there's room for him in lehigh valley send send him to the ech I, I, I don't really care i guess for me it's that like okay if you get rid of neuvert who are you replacing him with i don't feel comfortable starting alex lyon 40 games next year because brian elliott i can't count uh, on him for more than 40 hasn't games. started 30 so true but yeah. what i'm saying is then you have to have a you have to have a, a backup plan and, and i don't feel comfortable with alex lyon being the backup plan to play that many games if you have alex lyon as your backup for 20 25 even 30 i'm cool with that i don't i don't trust him to basically be in a tandem which he would have to be with elliott yeah. what if um, uh stolar spent the summer getting himself back together I wouldn't trust him any more than I would trust Lyon. It's it's gonna it comes down yeah. to it's gonna be a camp battle. Like this yeah. thing is gonna they have a log jam and net and sure they could just do what they did this year with Elliot and Neuvert and cross your fingers, but guys who get hurt all the time get hurt all the time. Yeah. That's the I keep saying it. <laughs> Michael Neuvert gets hurt all the time. He's gonna get all hurt the time. He's been hurt. His like last three appearances. If you sneeze in his direction, he's pulling his groin. Right. And there's a bunch of numbers that go along with this thing. We'll get, this is stuff we can talk about all summer. It just he got hurt this week. I wanted to talk about it because it was <laughs> almost. It's almost funny if it wasn't sad. Yeah. If if we didn't feel bad for the human being, yeah. if we didn't feel bad for ourselves, <laughs> it would be funny. I, right. I just think that it's it's easy to say we should get rid of Neuver, but if you're going to get rid of Neuver, you got to have a plan as mm -hmm. to how you're going to replace him. I don't think we have a plan as to how they're going to replace him. They were hoping Sandstrup. they were hoping it was Morozik. I like it. 
but I don't see that happening. Sandstrom, they signed him Feel to a contract. It. Yeah, but he's going. Felix the cat. Uh, is he? he? he Textall said he, he either even, makes the team or he goes back to Sweden. He hasn't even been that be good a. in Sweden, though. He's never had a save percentage over 9-10 in Sweden. He's not ready for the NHL. What were Bob's numbers in Russia? I don't know. Much better than numbers in Sweden. I don't know. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio. If you joined us live, thanks a lot. You can get back to the national championship now. Uh, that's all I've got. Have a great week, everybody. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.